Before we get started today, I just want to remind you that I have no affiliation with the Joint Commission at all, and my opinions may not reflect that of my organization. Hi, this is Lucinda. I'm a healthcare accreditation coordinator as well as an RN, and I wanted to give you a little update from the last podcast I did on the Vought case. So on March 26, 2022, the District Attorney's Office sent over new information Saturday following the conviction of Redonda Vaught, a former Vanderbilt nurse. A jury found her guilty of negligent homicide and gross neglect of an impaired adult following accusations of a fatal med error that led to the death of a 74-year-old woman. Her sentencing, oddly enough, will be the beginning of nurse's week, y'all. The district attorney released the following statement on Saturday. The jury's conviction of Redonda Vaught was not an indictment against the nursing profession or the medical community. This case was and always has been about the gross neglect by Redonda Vaught that caused the death of Charlene Murphy. This was not a singular or momentary mistake. Multiple healthcare professionals were on the jury. The jury found a series of decisions were made by Vaught to ignore her nursing training and instead failed to adhere to safety protocols that proved to be fatal. The jury felt this level of care was so far below the proper standard of a reasonable and prudent nurse that the verdict was justified. So let's chat a little bit about what criminally neglect homicide is. Okay, so I'm no lawyer myself, I'm just a registered nurse, so please feel free to correct me or provide feedback on this subject if I explain something incorrectly or in a way you don't understand. What I'm going to tell you is how I personally understand it. To be criminally negligent means you performed an act of recklessness or negligence that caused death of another person. The death must not have been intentional or planned in any way. Rather, criminally neglect homicide occurs as a result of an accident. Criminally neglect homicide is also considered to be involuntary manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter occurs when the perpetrator engages in dangerous or illegal activity that causes the death of another. So this kind of crime requires recklessness in some jurisdictions, while others allow involuntary manslaughter charges in cases of criminal negligence. Examples of cases that have led to charges of involuntary manslaughter, just FYI. Causing the death of an unborn child while in the middle of a crime, like bank robbery or something, you know. Reckless discharge of a firearm into the air or into a crowd causing death. Like, you know, when, what we do on New Year's when we shoot the gun straight up in the air <laughs> down south. All right. A uh, also, a voluntary physical altercation like a bar fight where one person is accidental accidentally killed. Or a ride operator at a fair does not strap a passenger in properly, causing the death of the passenger. Of course, now that raises the question, well, what is negligence in nursing? Negligence is defined as doing something or failing to do something that a prudent, careful, and reasonable nurse would do 
or not do in the same situation. It is the failure to meet accepted standards of nursing competence and nursing scope of practice. Negligence can also be defined as a failure to take responsibility, care, or steps to prevent loss of injury to another person. In healthcare, negligence occurs when a healthcare professional, again, fails to take reasonable care or steps to prevent loss or injury to a client. Being negligent is not the same thing as making a mistake or error of judgment, or rather that's up to a jury, right? Even if a particular risk um, eventuates or a desired outcome is not achieved, this does not necessarily mean negligence has occurred. This is particularly true in healthcare, as most medical interventions have risks and complete safety can rarely be guaranteed. Okay, all medical professionals are held to a standard of acting in a way that another professional of similar training and experience would under similar circumstances. So for example, if a nurse failed to verify a patient's name and allergies and gave them a medication that had an allergic reaction, um, a jury would determine whether or not the nurse of the same training and experience would have done the same thing under those circumstances. Since verifying patient information is such an important part of being a nurse, they would more than likely be held responsible for uh, medical malpractice since it's not something another nurse would have done. So what are the most common cause for a patient to file a nursing negligent claim? The top cause of nursing malpractice is basically improper administration of medication like this case. This typically occurs in one of three ways, administering the wrong dose of the right medication, administering the right medication too late or too early, or administering the wrong medication altogether. In addition to medication errors, um, a few other, other examples of common nursing malpractice. I think it's important to know these. Failing to properly monitor a patient and missing a change in their vital signs, which thank the Lord Jesus, um, a lot of the electronic um, health records now have AI in them that alert you to this if it's something you missed. So, I mean, our technology is getting a little better. Failing to respond to a patient in a timely manner. Failing to call a physician for assistance when needed. Failing to update a patient's chart with any changes in his or her progress using incorrect abbreviations on a patient's chart, failing to accurately record a patient's condition in their chart, failing to feed a patient, failing to ensure that all medical equipment is working properly, purposely making an error during routine care such as when drawing blood or taking a patient's blood pressure. I have always been told in general the most important thing that you can do to protect yourself from negligence lawsuits, and we learned it in nursing school, is simply to do your job well. Remain up to date on your organization's policies and procedures and your state scope of practice standards. Do not become sloppy, hasty, or complacent in your daily work. If you feel yourself getting this way, I recommend taking a couple of days off if you can. If you can afford to take a couple of days off because you're just feeling, honestly, that it comes a lot with burnout as well. So, I mean, if you're feeling burnt out, take some days off. It's important. You need mental health days. Actually, a lot of organizations will offer mental health days and it's not part of your PT, like it's PTO, but it's, it doesn't count against you 
for your vacation time. They want you to have your vacation time as well, but they'll give you one or two mental days as well so that you're not burnt out. Um, Perform assessments accurately and completely, fully documenting your findings, noting any foreseeable risks, such as the patient being a fall risk um, or having the risk for developing a pressure ulcer. Just my opinion here from a salty old nurse, I do not like charting by exception. It scares me because your best defense is your thorough documentation always. Documenting by exception is just like it sounds. You're just documenting the exceptions. How do I know that you check these other systems of the patient? You know, you didn't document it, so maybe it's not done, right? I don't know. I'm just not into that. Um, I'm going to wrap up this podcast shortly, but first I want to read a statement released by the American Nurses Association. The ANA believes that the criminalization of medical errors could have a chilling effect on reporting and process improvement. The Code of Ethics for Nurses states that while ensuring that nurses are held accountable for individual practice, Errors should be corrected or remediated and disciplinary action taken only if warranted. COVID-19 has already exhausted and overwhelmed the nursing workforce to a breaking point. Nurses are watching this case and are rightfully concerned that it will set a dangerous um, precedent. ANA cautions against accidental medical errors being um, tried in a court of law. Healthcare is uh, highly complex and ever-changing resulting in a high-risk and error-prone system. Organizational processes and structures must support a just culture, which recognizes that healthcare professionals can make mistakes and systems may fail. All nurses and other healthcare professionals must be treated fairly when errors occur. ANA supports a full and confidential peer review process in which errors can be examined and system improvements and corrective action plans can be established. Swift and appropriate action should and must always be taken as the situation warrants. Transparent, just, and timely reporting mechanisms of medical errors without fear of criminalization or punishment preserve safe patient care environments. ANA maintains that this is a tragic incident, um, and it's going to serve as a reminder that vigilance and open collaboration among regulators um, and administrators and the healthcare teams is a critical at the patient and system level to continue to provide high-quality care. So the result of this case has personally made me feel that nurses will not be forthcoming in reporting close calls or medication errors, and I'm going to say that again if you have a close call, please report it in your in whatever incident system you have. If it's Midas or whatever, you need to report it because it's gonna we're gonna examine it and we're gonna look at it and try to improve the system so that it doesn't happen to somebody else. Cannot stress that enough. Close calls, good catches, and of course, medication errors all need to be reported. It's very important. Um, I think we're going to have a lot less transparency, like the ANA said, which is sad because risk and safety review all errors and close calls and make changes so that this will not happen to others. We learn from our mistakes in this way, and we're constantly improving our system. I also feel that in certain situations where it might be necessary to override medications, that fellow nurses may now be hesitant, and this is going to have a detrimental effect 
on the quality we provide to our patients. In the end, it may be Vaught's own words that sum up what this trial is all about, protecting both nurses and patients in the future. Many feel various, and this is her words, quote unquote, (laughs) many feel very strongly that setting the uh, precedent that nurses should be indicted and incarcerated for um, inadvertent medical errors is dangerous. The many details of this incident deserve to be properly reviewed and addressed so that when we all have an opportunity to learn from my mistake and create changes that will ensure the safety of all future patients as well as maintaining future honesty, sorry about that, integrity and safe practices for all nurses. And I just wanted to add this, just I follow a group on Facebook called The Last Pizza Party. (laughs) If you're a nurse and you haven't checked that out, make sure to check that out. It's pretty, some of it's pretty humorous, some of it's very serious. But um, they posted her P.O. box if you wanted to send a letter of encouragement or support her in any way or otherwise. Um, It's P.O. box 128. Beth Page, B-E-T-H-P-A-G-E, Tennessee, 37022. And if you're curious about that, I can email you that address later. So that's all I have for you today. Have a wonderful day. Stay, 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 stay safe and make sure to take your time. You're protecting your own license. Always keep that in mind. You worked hard for it. Before we get started today, I want to make sure that you know that I have no affiliation with the Joint Commission at all, and my opinions may not reflect that of my organization. They are mine and mine alone.